0: This is You Can Adopt, a series which explores and debunks many of the most common misconceptions about adoption in England. You'll hear first-hand experiences from many different people in all sorts of situations who've successfully adopted. Each episode is also hosted by recognisable voices who are sharing their own experiences of adoption. To find out more and to begin your journey towards growing your family, please visit www.youcanadopt.com dot now enjoy the episode
1: hello and welcome to the you can adopt podcast series with me anna richardson over a third of uk adults aged 21 to 60 say they've considered adoption at some point however around three in ten do not believe they're eligible to adopt and four in ten don't know whether they'd be eligible the adoption process has changed over the years and it's now much simpler and quicker than it used to be There's also a lot more support available. We know one of the reasons that many people consider adoption and go down that route is because they can't have children biologically. They may have experienced fertility issues and undergone various treatments, which sadly may not have been successful, ultimately leading them to adoption. Personally, at 49 and childless, I'm aware that my fertility days are over. So it's something that I'm giving serious consideration to myself. Today, I'm talking to Lucy who, along with her husband, Oliver, adopted two girls. Welcome, Lucy. How are you?
2: Hi, very well, thank you. Lovely to speak to you today.
1: Can we just start from the very, very beginning? I'm a really nosy parker, so I just want to know a little bit more about about you and Oliver. When did you meet? How many years ago?
2: Um, We met 12 years ago, and um, we got married 10 years ago, and we knew that age really wasn't on our side with regards to um, fertility aspects, um, but knew we both wanted
1: kids um, what, what can, can I can I just ask you how old are you? Yeah,
2: I'm 49. I shall be having my big five o this year as well. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> 1970 <laughs> girls. Yeah, yeah I Come think. On. Um, I think I looked you up, and you're three weeks older than
1: me, something like that. <laughs> Can I just say, then we are both due a massive birthday bash. Yeah, definitely in the 2020. Go. Yes, so we're we're goes. the same age, and yep. you met your husband so 12 years ago, got married yep. 10 years ago. So, yep. oh, I see what you're saying. So you were 39 when you married. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that you wanted to have a family?
2: Yeah, we both always knew that that was um, you know something that we wanted individually, and then obviously when we met. It was a bonus because that, that was what we both wanted out of life, really. So yeah, and, and because of our ages, we knew it was something that we needed to sort of get on, get on with straight away. Really, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I think,
1: yeah. I mean, we know, don't we, that for particularly for women, our yeah. fertility sort of falls off the drop of a you know edge of a cliff at around forty. Yeah. So for you at thirty nine, you got married. You yeah. both knew you wanted kids. So did you sort of start trying straight away? Yeah,
2: we did. Um, I actually had my oestrogen levels tested um, and discovered that they were lower than idyllic, really. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, so I was prescribed um, a stimulant, oestrogen stimulant, um, which I took for about three months um, and had various blood tests throughout. And whilst it had improved, it wasn't felt that it was sort of high enough, really, to continue with. Um, and again, we didn't want to waste any more time. So, so,
1: decided- so, you, so you were taking oestrogen um, uh, with the yeah. hope to have your own to stimulate your fertility more, so that you could have your That's own. That's Yeah, to stimulate production or development. Okay, and so did you go down the IVF route at all then? Yes, we did. So after that, we actually
2: started fairly quickly. So that was in the autumn, and then spring, and we decided that
1: we would launch straight into the IVF. We actually had four rounds of IVF. Yeah. So after this devastation, you're 43 years old. I, I, I guess that that desire to have and nurture a child just doesn't go away.
2: No, not at all.
1: So at what point did you guys start to tentatively talk about, should we adopt?
2: Um, I broached the subject, um, and it was something that Oliver couldn't get his head around at all. He just couldn't ever imagine having that bond um with a child that wasn't biologically his mm. um so it was one of those situations where you sort of pick up conversation and then you get a negative reaction so it's like okay I'll put that to one side for a moment in the meantime I was doing lots of research and what have you and in my head just from doing that I just thought that's definitely right for me he wanted to have another go at IVF but I just, just was totally drained by it all, and just couldn't face the the
1: upset. Well, this is it. it. I, I do think sometimes it's it's easier, isn't it? Maybe for guys to be able to say, look, let's have another crack at IVF, mm. because ultimately, you know, biologically, it's a lot less invasive and intrusive, yeah. Th- th- yeah. Th- for them than it is for, yeah. for the woman. Feels like the so, pressure's yeah. on more. I think for <laughs> for the yeah, female. The, of course, of course, there's so much pressure on on women when they're going through IVF. So you knew that adopting you still had that desire to nurture, that desire to have a child, and you mm. you felt comfortable with adoption after you'd looked into it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Did, did you have any preconceived ideas around what it might involve or be like?
2: Um, not really, only um in the sense that people there were preconceived preconception is the fact that it's difficult, mm. um, timely.
1: Um, so no. But for Oliver, what was his preconception around it? Um, I, he didn't have any, um, links to it at all. Um, it, so for him, it was just a case of, I want my own biological kid. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that generally, um, people have preconceptions around the process of adoption? What, what, what do you think that, that might be?
2: I suppose there's, there was almost like a little bit of shame attached to it. Mm. So we didn't discuss it again with friends or family. Um, I think we wanted to be a little bit, further down the process or so once we'd made that decision it was a case of knowing that it was right for us and getting it straight in our
1: heads. Do you think that the shame is that you know the idea that well we failed yeah we, we couldn't yeah. have our own yeah so, so no, now the last resort is that we've got to try and adopt somebody else's yeah it's so good to be able to sort of you know talk to you at as a parent that, that's done it, because it's something that weighs very heavily on my mind. You know, we're the same age mm-hmm. and, you know, our fertility is kaput now. And um, certainly for me, not having had kids, I'm seriously thinking about it. But my preconception has always been... It's a nightmare. The process is really difficult. It takes forever. It's really intrusive. So there's all this real stigma around it, isn't there? But I'm absolutely happy for you to tell me that's not necessarily the case. Advisors, what is the process? Yeah, so we went down the local authority route.
2: Um and went through it's a six month process. that it, it did change, I think it was a couple of years before we actually started the process because it used to again like you, you hear that it all used to take more than two years or what have you, which I believe it did. Um, but thankfully the the process um was shortened. Um so yeah, so it's six months, um theoretically, that's the guidelines that they work, work towards. Um, so after we'd attended the I'll just go back to um, our experience after we'd attended the information evening, they then give you a couple of weeks and then they like to um, invite you to state your interest um, or register to actually adopt, which we put on hold for a, a few months and then um, decided that, yes, we would definitely go go ahead with that. So we stayed within the within the local authority. Um, so you're allocated a social worker at that particular point and they guide you through um, through the process. So it tends to be broken down into two stages. We were asked to um, each give a referee, basically, so um, for a family member and then three friends. So, yeah, there were five altogether that okay. the social worker then contacted. They spoke to them initially over the phone. And then um, unless they're millions of miles away,
1: then they like to actually
2: meet them face to face as well.
1: And what kind kind of questions would they ask your family member or your friends? Then, um, again, about the kind of people we are, any experiences they've had with us, how they know us. Okay, so you get you get you get thoroughly checked out. Obviously, yeah. your your yeah. background so checked out, your suitability.
2: Checks. Yeah, DBS finance checks. Um, and, check. and
1: then what happens? Um,
2: so once we'd got past that um, two months, so that was stage one. Um, it then moves on to stage two. And there's a lot of reading and um, homework, really, that you have to do. Information that you have to put together. So family trees, support networks. Again, you don't have to have people literally on your doorstep. It's more about just knowing that there are people there if you're you come up against, you know, battles in things, or just yeah, just so that you you feel
1: comfortable. You're not totally on your own. And and what exactly? do the local authority offer when it comes to having a support network around you because you know you've said that adoption has changed now and that there's there's a lot of help out there mm. in the shape of what what do they do for you
2: um there's the local authority have a post um, adoption support network um and depending on the local authority that you fall within the um, level of support they offer does vary um So there tends to be networking groups. Um, Some people who um, have belonged to one of those groups might set up their own group Um, aside from that. um, There's a lot of courses support courses that you can do, post-adoption courses, which I've attended a fair few of. And it's lovely just to meet sort of fellow adopters. So you're allocated a social worker to actually go through the process until you're approved to adopt. And then um, once that's taken place, and you have a, a, a post um, or a family finding um, social worker, as they call it.
1: So, yeah, we've been really lucky, actually, both times. So the process takes around six months from your registering your interest to then being placed with your child. You no, know, to be actually approved as an oh, adopter. Oh, to be approved.
2: Yeah, so the six months is to be approved. Um, and then with regards to being placed, there's no set time frame. Set time frame really on that um, because it depends what children there are in the pool that are waiting to be adopted, so to speak.
1: And and what what did you say? What what were your criteria?
2: Um, we knew that we would like. Um, we knew that we wanted to mm-hmm. um, at least. Um, so we were happy to if there were siblings, um, we were happy to adopt those. Um, but our preference was for children under two so if it was siblings then obviously that would be they would have had to be, been born very close together yes. um yeah so for us we want we wanted um a child or children
1: as young as possible did you decide to go for younger children because you wanted to avoid those emotional issues
2: yeah I guess that's part of it and also just wanted them to be part of our family from as early on in life as they, they possibly could um yeah for the sense of belonging really I guess and for us to experience all those family things that we would have done or as many as we possibly could if we mm. have would have had our own biological children so.
1: And what was the hardest part for you guys then during this process of, of being registering to being approved? Um, I think
2: that I mean it is intense um, so I'm not going to deny that by any shape or form but looking back, you can see why it has to be so. Um, they want your full commitment. They need to be assured that they want people that are committed um, and not just oh, on a whim. Mm, what should we do this year? Should we adopt? I do um, Yeah, so it, it was intense and it was a huge relief when we went to the panel <laughs> all came out of the panel and then called back in again and told yes you've been approved to adopt. So I mean it looking back it yes so yes it is intense at the
1: time but looking back it was just worth every single moment of it. When you're going through the approval process you said there's lots of sort of homework and coursework to do. Yeah. What, what what about what 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 does that comprise? What do you have to do?
2: Um I guess it's um a lot of it was to do with child development um the way the brain works, um, just thinking um, sort of emotional, psychological issues that might be attached with um, children that have suffered neglect or abuse or what have you. Um, So yeah, a lot lot of it is to do with um, that side of things really. Um, And I'm quite conscientious, so I probably did... (laughs) more than totally necessary but it was great for me just to sort of learn things and what have you so there are things like putting together family trees a chronology you have to um put together the yeah the support networks um literally write is things like writing down every single address that you've lived there what you did while you were there so or yeah. just literally sort of spelling out your life really
1: on on paper <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yeah, just interesting. So, it. so, so a lot, and then yeah. so you you get you get approved, yeah, and then you wait presumably yeah. you wait to be matched. Yeah. And so, how we, long did that take? Um,
2: first time round, we were actually matched within three it was three months to the day actually. Um, so we were shown some just before the panel. We were shown profiles of three children, um, just to, as examples really of children that were there waiting to be adopted. Um, and two of them actually fell by the wayside. Um, I think their birth families or um, other relatives were um, going to. They were going down that route, but there was one little girl um, whose profile was still there once we were approved. So we expressed an interest in in that. Um, and then the social workers do various bits of homework, have to put together another report, and establish whether or not they feel you're, you're suitable. Which um, they agreed we were. We had to be approved as suitable adopters, and then once you're approved, then they'll open the world to you, basically, and um, yeah, and show you the children really that they're waiting to be
1: adopted. So yes, yeah, so and clearly they clearly they need to be satisfied that you are going to be the right parent, and that child is going to be the right child yeah. for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so so you were you were left with, with one little girl. Yeah. out of the choice that that you were given yeah and you decided she could be a good match yeah. for us yeah definitely so we expressed our interest um
2: and then yeah so she had a social worker um and we had a social worker so they
1: communicated and compiled the. so what with the little girl that that you were left with and you expressed an interest about what was her background um so she had had a tough start in life basically she would have been placed into foster care presumably to begin with yes yeah so when you decide that this is this is the child that I want to try and be matched with presumably you then have to spend time with the foster parents
2: yeah that's right so um we were we were matched um and then we actually met her two weeks later so it's Close, <laughs> call. Cool. So they it was they were quite keen for it to move really swiftly. Um, so yeah, so we it was a case of we had a a week of introductions they call it. Um, so we went to the foster carer's house um, and they set a program basically, and they're all individually tailored to the circumstances, um, depending on where the child's living or you know, which route they're going down. So um, the program that we had was obviously tailored towards us. So we arrived at the, the foster carer's house um, and they suggested that just one of us went in initially to start with, so not to sort of bombard her with two new faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was in the lounge with the foster carer and I was invited to go in first and she just walked into the room and sat on the settee um, and she just potted around and what have you. Um, then I just spoke to her as though you would do if it was a, a friend's child that you were in a room with um so it was really quite natural didn't throw myself at her didn't want to like what her was her
1: when you first met her then and, and you did that that first initial meeting what were your feelings about her did did you like her did did you sort of you know or, or did you think oh i'm not sure or did you fall in love with her I and mean, how how did we, you feel
2: we'd seen photos of her and read lots about her beforehand um so yeah you, you could never judge purely from that but no, I guess we just went into it knowing that she was going to be ours.
1: <laughs> oh really? Um, yeah. So, so, so when you went into the into the foster parents' house, yeah. you were like, I mean, this, she, "This is my little girl."
2: Yeah, I mean, you're so far down the route. So even though we knew that she wasn't going to be coming home with us on that particular day, we we were certain that she was right for us. Obviously, apart from having met her, but everything we knew about her um, and social worker and what have you, all social workers were happy that we were right for her. So we knew, unless anything horrendous went wrong, that she was going to be coming home with us at the end of the introduction period. And how,
1: so. how did she respond to you? Do you remember? Um, yeah, she
2: because th- we went in, like I said, um, as if we were just hopping around to a friend's house you had a little one. So just the normal interaction or what have you that you would have with her. So, yeah, she was absolutely fine. She didn't run a mile. Um, after, once I'd been in the room for a few minutes and Oliver then came in and he sat down Again, it was all just quite relaxed because we were chatting to the foster carer. Um, so, yeah, it was like popping around to a friend's
1: for coffee really for an hour. So then after you guys left, you must have had so much to talk about. Yeah. You must have been excited.
2: It was so surreal. It was just one of those, I think that whole week felt like we were living in a bubble, really. It's just something that you can't, can't ever describe. Um, yeah, so we went away and then went home and then we knew that we were going back the next day. Um, yeah. So they encourage you to take part in, at different times of the day so that you see the routines that the child's been used to. Okay. Um, so we went round to the foster carer's house at the crack of dawn so that we could be there for when she woke up um, and be there when she actually got up and had breakfast. Um, so we stayed for a couple of hours and then we went away and then it was suggested that we then went back later in the afternoon to see tea time and bath mm-hmm. time. Um, and bedtime so that just gradually built up um, and we got more involved um, as the days went by so initially so we were just there observing while the foster carer did things but we were invited later on just to join in on either maybe feed her or put her pajamas on so so you
1: you get you get joined in you you get invited to join the routine yeah basically yeah so that she then gets used to to you being around and yeah and for us to get used to her as well and then And then after all of that process, how quickly was it before you could then take her home?
2: So it was um, seven days. So um, after a few visits to the foster carer's house, then she then brought her to our house um, and stayed with her for a couple of hours again, just so our daughter could actually see the surroundings that she'd be living in, but feel comfortable because she was with somebody that she knew. Mm. Um, And then the following day, we picked her up from the foster carer's house and actually brought her to our house. For a couple of hours and then took her back. And then the following day, we brought her to our house um, for a considerable amount of time. She had tea, a bath, pajamas on, so everything ready for bed. And then we just popped her in the car, took her back to the foster carer's house, and then the following morning,
1: we picked her up and never took her back <laughs> so so it becomes sort of exposure therapy doesn't it on on both sides that you yeah. just gradually get used to being with each other and being exposed to yeah. each other's routines and each other's houses so presumably once you got your daughter it just wasn't a shock for her to be able to then no. stay at yours and and yeah. be put to bed in yours yeah how no. how long did it take for you guys to feel as though you were a family because there must have been some teething problems
2: yeah, I mean, we we feel really lucky. I mean, we she never ever cried um, intently as in going to bed, or she she was quite laid back. Um, so we were lucky from that point of view. There was never a time when we felt that she was
1: um, craving her foster carer, or oh, really, really. Yeah. So, so so she never experienced that sort of no. distress of hang on a minute. There was somebody who was looking after me. Now they've gone. No.
2: And we didn't. We haven't had that. I must admit, with either of the girls, um, so we didn't
1: have it the second time round either. Well, well, let, let, let's talk about your other daughter then as well, because you you successfully adopted. Can I just ask though, what was the biggest shock for you once you did have your first daughter? What what was the biggest sort of um, difficulty for for you and Oliver in terms of adapting? Yeah, I think it was.
2: I wouldn't necessarily say it's a shock, as in a negative from a negative perspective um if anything it was a celebration as in wow you know we've got what we
1: <laughs> what we've always wanted um yeah. so
2: yes life does change
1: um and, but, and did, did you have all the sort of hugs and kisses to, to begin with did did you feel were you able to bond did you feel that love between you yeah but again I think
2: you I mean you look at it from the child it's such a vulnerable little thing you think she's there putting her trust in us and you, it, I think, natural instinct, parental instinct, makes you want to do all you can for that little yeah. thing, you know. So we, I think, that just sort of took over almost. Really, um, we were there being the parents we wanted to be.
1: And and, it, and do do you did you receive that love from her? I mean, at what point did you did you really feel that you all bonded as a family? How long did it take you before you sort of felt that way? I
2: guess because at that age they're so dependent on parents. Um, so that you you are doing things for them, you are providing the food for them, you are picking them up and carrying them from room to room, you are handing them things. Um, yeah, you are feeding them, you are bathing, you are dressing. So just having a child that age automatically gives that contact. Um so um And
1: can yeah. you remember when she first called you mummy?
2: Yeah. And um, walking was another milestone because of the age. Um, that was lovely. So we were able to see her her walk and we obviously been able to see her talk as well. So, yeah, it is. It's it's lovely. All, all of the milestones are absolutely amazing, really. Um, so, yeah. So having a child or children at that kind of age, I think you hit you see more of
1: those milestones. Special moment. And, and so you, you successfully adopted first time mm-hmm. round. So at what point did you then think, hmm, I want a sibling? Well, we always knew, um, as so I said before, we always knew we wanted at least one.
2: Um, and it's recommended that you have a two-year age gap. Um oh, sorry, you leave it two years, so the child to have been with you for at least two years before you then start the process over again. Um so we felt that was what we were working towards. So we knew after those two years that we were going to go for it again. They recommend that two year gap and they also recommend or they also state that the new child has to be younger um, ah, than yeah. the sibling or the, or the child you
1: already have placed with you, which again makes it does make sense. And, and did you find the process easier then, second time around?
2: Yes, it is shorter, um, so you don't okay. go through the initial stage one, go straight into the stage two side of things. It's almost like it was just scaled down slightly, um, second time round,
1: And we were more familiar with it. Um, yeah. So again, yeah. I
2: think that makes you a bit more relaxed.
1: Um, okay, so then second time around, you decided that you wanted to go for a little girl again no was we, your preference
2: no either time we weren't we we were open <laughs> really with boy or girl um with our eldest obviously it just worked out that there was a little one there um and again the second time round, we had no preference um again we had the age um limit we said two years or younger
1: so we talked earlier about the fact that you were really up for this and open and Oliver a little less so but once you adopted your first daughter how did you see him change he's absolutely smitten I must admit I mean he'd be the first to say that he's so
2: surprised at how he feels um so yeah I mean you'd never in a
1: million years know that it wasn't or they aren't his biological children no I mean it's that is wonderful, and and because I think one of the other problems is potential adopters think, don't they? That oh, I'm, I, what if I don't bond? What if yeah. I don't like them? What if I can't love them? How was it for you?
2: Well, I think um, because it, you are just so psyched up for it, and it's not a process that you would go through light hearted. It's it, you've got to want it in order to to do it. So I just think naturally that whole thing develops. Um, in you.
1: Are you thinking about doing it again?
2: No we won't but only because not because of
1: the process but just because we we feel our family's complete really with with the two. And how do the girls get along because obviously they are not natural siblings but how have they bonded together? They are very different personalities
2: very very different but then my sister and I are and we're biologically (laughs) we're biological siblings um they do get on there is a jealousy, typical sibling rivalry between them. But at mm. the end of the day, they'll always put their arms around each other and call each other sisters and what have you. But yeah, I would say from experience of my sister or friends, siblings and what have you,
1: then I don't see them as any different. Have you encountered challenges that are related to the fact that they are adopted?
2: Um, the, with our eldest, um, because she suffered neglect then a few things have come out from the woodwork. So lack of concentration on other activities can sometimes be difficult. I mean, it's not a horrendous issue by any shape or
1: form, but we know that that is linked to the first year of, of her life. Um, and and, and do, have you, because you now understand about child, child development, will that develop? Will she, will you be able to correct that neglect
2: yeah hopefully yeah I mean the, the the thoughts are that they can um there's various types of therapy and what have you out there if we were to um choose to go down that route I guess it depends on the um severity of it or extent of it whether things um worsen or what have you as she gets older
1: um, but she, but she's able to. She sees you as mum and dad, and she's oh able gosh, to sort yeah. of give give you love and oh cuddles gosh, yeah. and all that. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I think that this is you're just making me think there because I think this is one of the um, not misconceptions, but one of the challenges about adoption is that you will end up with a child that's got needs, you know, particular needs. So what would you what would you say to people if that's what they were to think?
2: Um, again, it just depends so much on the child's circumstances. There's no hard and fast rule because the child is adopted, they're going to do such and such or what have you. So, yeah, it, I mean, each case is is individual, really. And have you told the girls that they're adopted? Um, our eldest knows. Um, it's all done in an age-appropriate manner. Um, obviously, when we were adopting our second <laughs> We had to explain. Well, oh, hang on a moment, so you're going to have a little sister that's joining the family. Um So, yeah, so that was a good way of, sort of making a point of talking about it, but it was done in a very subtle kind of way. Um, she knows that she doesn't. She didn't come out of my tummy. She knows that I am her mummy, but she didn't come out of my tummy. Um, she knows the Christian name of her birth mother. Um, and she's only spoken about her a couple of times actually just asked a question a couple of questions oh did such and such do that or did she do such and such but um no at the moment i mean up until now we've never had any other questions or reference to it so i'm sure so, as they get older their brains will yeah. be whirring and things will hit home more um and we'll share more things as
1: as appropriate really yeah. so so both the girls have taken it in their stride for now yeah yeah do you wish that you'd considered adoption sooner given everything that that you went through with the ivF
2: um no we feel comfortable with where we are i think if we hadn't have done the ivF we'd always be wondering i mean it was fine if we were starting from scratch now then now i wouldn't be doing ivF i would go straight into the adoption side of things
1: what advice would you? give to anybody else considering adoption now um you've
2: definitely got to give it a lot of thought but I would say do it (laughs) um definitely I mean we just never ever look back um and whilst there isn't ever a, a perfect life we've got you know the family that we've always wanted um and yeah I think you forget all the I mean I've obviously never gone through childbirth but you always hear the analogy as in, well, it obviously can't be that bad. Yes, it's horrendous, but it obviously can't be that bad because people go back and do it time and time again. So, yeah. And I would say that, I, you know, adoption is probably a similar kind of thing. So, yes, while there's highs and lows and it's intense and through the process, then you've got to think about what you get at the end of it.
1: And how has your life changed? Um, It's never been busier.
2: <laughs> um, it's very full on. Um I... Went back to work um, after our eldest um, and worked up until um, our youngest joined us. And I actually had um, 10 months off work. Um,
1: So, yeah, life's busy. Lucy, thank you so much for your time today. And um, massive congratulations to, to you and to Oliver on your complete and happy family. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been lovely. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of You Can Adopt. The whole series features many different and interesting stories from adoptive families, so please do check out the other episodes. For more information, visit www.youcanadopt.co.uk and begin your own journey towards growing your family.